morning. Welcome to the Lord's house. Will you please stand with us? Let's sing to the one who is greater.
Isn't that song awesome? Good morning, Kavanaugh Church. Morning. How's everyone doing? Man, it's good to see everybody. It is a good day to be here at Kavanaugh Church, isn't it, Brother Johnny? It is. Hey, life, I don't know if you know this or not, but life can be like Arkansas weather. It can be as low, like this morning, I think it was like 22 degrees, or it felt like 22 degrees, or it can be as high as what it's going to be Wednesday, which is going to be 80. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Crazy. All right? Life can have its irregularities and its inconsistencies, but we serve a God who is great, who is awesome, and who is constantly our constant. He is always faithful. He is always sovereign. He is eternally gracious. And you and I have a hope, a living hope, that we can put our faith and trust in right now. Right now. So I'm glad, I'm so glad that I am able to be here with you this morning and celebrate that person. That person is Jesus Christ. So so glad that you're here this morning. If you're a guest, so glad that you're here. If you're online, thank you so much for tuning in. And we're just going to pray that God has, an, has a, something special for us today and uh, an awesome service. So I'm going to invite you all to stand right now, and we're going to ask for his blessing. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. And again, thank you. so thankful that you've brought us all back together, God. We're so, we love this church, and we love this place and, and what it means to us, God. Um, and, and you truly are Emmanuel. You are here with us right now, and I ask that your spirit continues to flow and move amongst our services today, from Brother Will preaching the word to the remaining of our worship service, God's, uh, God, we just love you and are so grateful for all that you've done through your son Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, that we all might have that hope right now. So God, I pray for salvation today. I pray for life-changing moments today um, and that you just reign in this place. We love you in your name. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Thank you, Thank you Brother Nathan. Appreciate that. Uh, Y'all can be seated, but I'm going to ask Brother Johnny to bring our three missionary families who are with us today on the stage. So guys, I'm, I'm sorry to embarrass you by having you come up here, but we need all of our missionaries and their kids on the stage. Give them a big hand as they come. This is, this is super exciting. If, if you're just wandering into Kavanaugh today and, and don't know what's been happening over the last couple of months, let me just kind of quickly bring you up to date. Usually at Christmas, we do adopt a family where we have adopted families in our community and provided Chris, Christmas for those uh, kids who perhaps would not receive a Christmas. Uh, over the last couple of years, things have kind of changed a little bit, and with COVID, it's kind of put a halt on things. But we decided this year to do something totally different. We wanted to adopt our missionary kids. And so in Free Will Baptist, serving all over the world, there are 65, do you know that, Josh? 65 kids of missionary parents, and we've adopted all 65 of them. We're giving them a big Christmas. Nine of those families are stateside, and we have brought them into Fort Smith to, to share some time together with them. Today we have three families with us. We're going to have another family Wednesday night. Next Sunday, two more families. But all of our missionary kids are getting Christmas from Kavanaugh. And it's pretty cool, man. I am so excited about that because we love our missionaries, but we love their kids more, all right? And we want them to have a really special Christmas. So give them a big hand again. Let's keep on a clapping. I'm, I'm going to ask uh, the, the dads to introduce all of their kids, but first we have Adam and Carol Duncan. They are our missionaries to the jungles of Ecuador. 
That's pretty cool, isn't it? Adam, Adam, introduce your kiddos and tell us what you're doing in Ecuador. Absolutely. So we have Caleb. Say hi, Caleb. And Mariah. And we're going to the jungles of Ecuador. We're going to be working right where the Andes uh, Mountains meet the, uh, the Amazon River Basin. We're working with the indigenous tribes in that area. And in the area where we work, there are 39 villages. Five of them have an ongoing Christian influence. Three churches and two preaching points. That means there are 34 that have no, uh, you know, the name of Jesus isn't being spoken this morning. And so our task, our goal is to move into those areas. And we would love to be able to tell you about 39 villages with 39 churches. Yeah. The tools that we use to accomplish that are education and health care. Carol is a family nurse practitioner, wrapping that up right now, uh, and I'm a counselor by, by training. And so that opens a door for us to tell them about the great physician, to tell them about the counselor that can meet all of their needs regardless of what's going on with those, that ebb and flow of life. And we thank you for the opportunity to be here, and uh, we really appreciate you loving on our kids this week. Amen. Amen. Good deal. Love you guys. Bless you. Y'all have a good Christmas. We, we treat you good. Good deal. I'm, I'm going to come over here by my buddy, Josh Provo. Josh has been here with his five kids before, well, four of them. Yep. And uh, a couple of years ago, you said it was 18, so it's been more than a couple of years ago. Josh serves in Bulgaria, and uh, he and these five kiddos are about to make their way back to Bulgaria. Uh, I love Josh Provo. He and I go back. We both went to Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth. And uh, he is one of my heroes. So, Josh, introduce these precious kids and give us a good word about Bulgaria, would you? Thank you, Brother Will. Yeah, I am so excited to be back at Kavanaugh. We were here for the last time, the Wednesday morning before Easter 2018. So it was time to come back. I'm a dad of five wonderful kids. Naomi, she's going to be 13 in six days. So I'm going to have a teenager. And then once I have a teenager in the house, I'll have a teenager consecutively for 14 years. <laughs> I did the math, it'll actually be a month and a half when I have five teenagers in the house. Yeah, but Naomi will be the first one. Phoebe, she's 11. Zoe is nine. Malachi is seven. And Pafcho wasn't with us yet. Last time we came in 2018, Pafcho is six years old, and he was born in Bulgaria. So if you guys know anything about my family's story, you know that um, it's a miracle that we're standing on the stage this morning. And we are just the recipients of, of the abundant grace of our God, of the, the transforming, restorative power of the gospel. And I am so excited that, that in a, we, don't, we haven't bought tickets yet, but in approximately one month, we're going to be back in Bulgaria serving the God who called us there. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. It's often that we're in churches that love the lost. It's often we're in churches that, that love missions in general, but there are, there are few churches that that love missionaries and love missionary kids like you guys do. And it is a privilege for us to be with you this morning. Amen. Thank you, Josh. Just pass it on down. Like, like to introduce to you Doug and Miriam Bishop. These guys really are my heroes because they have six kids and it, it takes a team, doesn't it? And uh, they are our missionaries to Japan. We've already had two other families going to Japan. Doug is going to introduce his uh, kiddos and tell you about their work in Japan. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Uh, I'll start with uh, Oliver. He's 11. And then Scarlett, she's eight. Hazel is six. Felix is four. Arthur, who's a little... Uh, <laughs> he's two. <laughs> he, he's not. He's, he's ready to be done. <laughs> and then Linus, he's nine months. Uh, but we really are just excited to be here. And, you know, 
You guys said you love missionaries and you love missionary kids even more. Well, I guess y'all love me doubly because I'm a missionary kid and I'm a missionary. So we really just... uh, (laughs) All that said, my parents were missionaries in Japan for 40 years, and now we uh, have felt the call, the obligation, kind of to really go back to Japan, mainly because the Japanese remain the second largest unreached people group. And so we're going back to the city of Ebetsu, where we worked before, uh, but we're going back this time with a team. We have the Spears, who you guys already uh, met a few weeks ago. And then just this past week, two new members were approved. Uh, two ladies are going to be joining our team, single ladies, to help us plant New Life Church in Japan. Because we're so excited to introduce the Japanese people, 95% who have never heard the gospel, into this new life that only Jesus Christ can offer. So we're really excited about that. Thank you guys for partnering with us uh, through Acts 1-8 and other ways. And uh, thank you for loving on our kids. That really is something special. So we really appreciate y'all. Amen. Give them a big hand, would you? Now, I I said this, I said this first service, but I I think it's worth noting again. Uh, Missionary kids are the best. They're they're the unsung heroes, okay? Uh, And so guys, let me just ask y'all that uh, when the going kind of gets tough on them, you let them know that there are churches who love them and are praying for them. And I promise you, Kavanaugh will keep loving on them and keep praying for them. We love you missionaries, but we love your kids a little bit more. Why don't y'all stand up and give them one more big round of applause. Thank you, guys. Y'all can can take your kids to Kids Church if you want to. Brother Johnny, lead them on back. Uh, The young ones are going to go to Kids Church, and uh, the the others are going to stay in here. Good deal. And you just, tell you what, you just remain standing because I think we're going to sing some more, aren't we? There we go. Let's do it.
and I don't know how many of you have actually thought about what it's going to be like um, when you reach heaven. Um, I'm a visual person. Those of you that know me know I have to see things, and so I, I close my eyes and I try to imagine. John gives us a description, a scene, a picture of what's happening, and we know that there's just thunderous praise at all times. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. We know that the elders are casting crowns at his feet. I mean, it's just a worship scene like we can't even really imagine. And so I imagine what it will be like for me someday when I finally get there and I'm sitting in his presence for the very first time and I'm seeing the throne with my very own eyes. And it, I actually thought of the song I could only imagine, which I'm sure most of you know. I want to read just a few of the lyrics of that song because it, it's the way I feel. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah, or will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And I don't know if you have thought about that before, but as we sing this last song, this song is a song about praise. It talks about glory and honor and power that belong to God. And if you've never thought about it, try to imagine you singing this song to him as you enter that city. You are my 
we love you so much and we thank you for dying on the cross for us. We thank you that you made a way, hallelujah, to the one who made a way. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Lord, be pleased with our worship this morning. Help us to think of heaven and think of ourselves entering that city someday and coming and bowing before your throne and getting to praise you for the first time and for all eternity and to praise you and thank you for giving us life. We love you, Jesus. We love you. And all the glory to you, your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. team a big hand appreciate them and uh, you know they, they always do a great job Danny they always do good but they kind of hit it out of the park today and uh, helped us come into the presence of God and truly worship him well I, I, this is kind of a historic service uh, not just because we have our missionaries with us and their kids but this is the last Sunday we're going to worship in this room last Sunday you're, you're probably I mean, when you came in, you probably noticed there's something missing over here, uh, the big black piano. It has already made its way to its new home, all right? And next Sunday, we're going to join it. So uh, if, if you come next Sunday and enter this room, you'll, you'll think the rapture has occurred and you've been <laughs> left behind. Just, just keep walking. We're going to be in the, in the big house. Uh, and if you park in this parking lot... It might be best if you park in the new parking lot so you won't have to walk as far. But next Sunday, Jason, I'm ready. I'll see you in the big house, all right? <laughs> next Sunday. So excited about that and uh, hope that you're here with us as well. Well, I'm going to preach this morning on, uh, on Christmas because Josh Christmas is right around the corner. Do you know that? And, uh, and so today I want us to look at Luke chapter 1. It's the story of, uh, of the angel coming and speaking to Mary about the, uh, the birth of Jesus and his birth being foretold. Let me just dive into the Word of God, Luke chapter 1. It says, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. He was of the house of David, and the virgin's name was? Oh, Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? 
And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And so the angel departed from her. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless your word. And as I try to speak it on the outside, I pray, dear Lord, that you would speak it into our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I want to talk to you about Mary. Why did God choose Mary? Of all the thousands of women who would have been available to bear God's son, why did he choose Mary? And alongside of that, some of you might be saying, well, you know what? God could never use me. He he uses people like Mary, but he would never use me. Well, my message to you this morning in two simple words is, you're wrong. If you don't think God could use you, you're dead wrong. Not only can God use you, but God wants to use you. He's waiting to use you. God is eager to use you in ways that perhaps you've never even imagined. Now, let me just go ahead and say this and get it out of the way. There are a whole lot of misconceptions about Miss Mary. Not once does the Bible say we are to worship her because we're not to worship her. Not once does it say Mary was perfect or sinless because she wasn't. Not once does it tell us that Mary was God because she wasn't God. And it doesn't tell us to venerate her. In fact, what is so special about Mary is her plain ordinariness. I learned that in Texas. It's a good word, isn't it? Ordinariness. I mean, she was. She was just an ordinary person that God used in an extraordinary way. But why Mary? Well, I can tell you this. It wasn't because of her education, because she had none. And it wasn't because of her wealth, because she was dirt poor. And it certainly wasn't because of her maturity, because she was just a teenage girl. She had none of those things. No, God chose Mary because Mary trusted God. And church, let me tell you, that's the key. If you want to be used by God in a great and mighty way, you must trust God. Now, let let me make three observations this morning from our passage about the kind of people that God uses. Number one, God uses people who desire, and that's the word you need to write in bold and circle. God uses people who desire to do his will. You've got to want God's will more than anything else. God's will must become a priority in your life. You've got to say, God, I want your will in my life more than anything else. And if you've been coming to Kavanaugh Church any length of time, you know that we talk a whole lot about that at Kavanaugh Church, that God made you for a purpose. God made you for a reason. There is a reason for you being on planet earth, and it's not just to breathe air and make money. God has a plan, a purpose for your life, but you've got to desire that. 
You've got to choose that. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but many of you in here are Christians. You have trusted Jesus. You're a believer. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm so happy for you if you're a believer. But, but here's the flip side of that. Just because you're a follower of Jesus does not automatically mean that you're doing what God made you to do. Doing God's will is not automatic. You've got to choose it. Now, yesterday afternoon, I did a wedding for a young couple. I kept saying all day to Angie, Angie, don't let me forget that funeral I got to do today. Don't let me forget the funeral. And she, she, she said, listen, it's a wedding. It's not a funeral. And I said, don't let me forget the funeral I've got to do today. I thought y'all would laugh louder than that. No, it was a great wedding, beautiful wedding, young couple, Kendall and Peyton. Uh, Kendall's mom and dad come to our church, and she does as well. And, and uh, just a beautiful, beautiful wedding. Some things happened in that wedding I've never seen before. When I walked in, there was, there was an artist painting a portrait over in the corner. And so I went and looked at it, and she had already uh, painted the scene of, of where the wedding would take place, the stage. And, uh, and I asked her, what? can I ask you what you're doing? She said, yeah, I will be taking pictures during the ceremony. And she said, Gary, one of those pictures I take, I will start the portrait of the wedding ceremony. And by the time the reception is over, I'll have this portrait done for the family. Isn't that cool? Baby, let's get married all over again and have that, <laughs> have that portrait drawn for us. But anyway, I, I told Kendall and Peyton in premarital counseling, I said, listen, guys, y'all are... Y'all are so in love right now. You're living on love. Ronnie, remember that when you're just living on love? You're living on love. But sooner or later, reality is going to sit in. And you need to remember, it, it's going to take more than just love to see you through the tough times. A lot of people think when they get married, just because they say, I do, in front of a preacher, that she will. Or that he will. No, it's not automatic. Ronnie, it's not automatic that you're going to have a good marriage. It takes a whole lot of work to make that marriage good and to make that marriage work. And so it is in doing God's will. It's not an automatic thing. You may be a child of God and totally miss out on God's purpose for your life. It's not automatic. You've got to choose it. You've got to say, God, I desire to do your will more than anything else in my life. And not only say it, but mean it. So let's get back to the story. One day this angel shows up at Mary's house. And this angel says, God's got this fantastic plan, Miss Mary. He's going to come to earth so that everyone will know what God is like. And you're not going to believe how he's choosing to come. He's going to come through your body. Wow. You want to know how Mary responded to that? <laughs> it's in the Word of God. Look at verse 46. My soul magnifies the Lord, she said. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly estate of his maidservant. Wow. You know, Mary could have said a lot of things. She could have said, would you please find somebody else? When God says to her, I want to use you, Mary, Mary could have said, but, but angel, I've got my own plans. I have my own ambitions. I have my own dreams. 
I've got my own career that I want to pursue. And this really isn't a convenient time for me to be doing this. She could have said what I hear so often today, I've got to think of what's best for me. And she didn't say, could you please go down the street and get somebody else? No, the first key, church, if God is going to work in your life and if you're going to see his plan come to fulfillment in your life, you've got to desire it. You've got to want God's will more than anything else. It is not automatic. You've got to say, God, I desire your will for my life. Adam, one of my favorite Bible characters is King David. I love to study the life of David. And church, did you know that the Bible calls David a man after God's own heart? I would like that, Kenan, I would like for that to be said about me. I'd like for God to say, there's Will Harmon, a man after my own heart. I mean, how do you get there? Well, the Bible tells us how David got there. David had said previously, I desire to do your will. Oh, my God. So more than anything else, David wanted to do the will of God. And because of that, the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. Is that your desire? I mean, if, if we just did a timeout this morning, and I had you to take out a pen and paper and write down what you desire in life right now more than anything else, what are, what are your ambitions? What are your goals? What are you hungry for? What do you wake up in the morning thinking about? What do you go to bed thinking about? What are your desires? What would they be? To finish school, to get married, to have a family, to get a great job, to have a whole lot of money, to be a world champion cowboy action shooter. Just thought I'd throw that one in for what it's worth. To retire well. Because there's nothing wrong with any of those things unless they are your purpose for living. They can't be the main thing. You, you got to have more substance in your life because if that's all you're after, let me tell you, you're going to be gravely disappointed, Miss Gail, because none of those things can ultimately satisfy. It was Jesus who said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. No, if you want real fulfillment in life, you've got to seek God's will more than anything else. And it is really cool. Josh, you know this. It's cool. When you put God's will first, everything else just kind of comes together and starts making sense. God uses people who desire to do his will. Number two, God uses people who decide, and there's the word to circle, decide to pay the cost. Now, Ronnie, since you're the only one who's talking to me right now, I, I almost put price up there, who decide to pay the price, because P and P pay the price, but, but price didn't just quite do it for me. I, I use the word cost, because to me, that's a more powerful word. People who decide, they're going to pay the cost. And can I tell you, there is always a cost to do God's will. If you were to say, God, in 2022, 
That's kind of weird for that to even flow off my tongue because it doesn't sound right. I mean, I'm not even used to saying 2021. And where did 2020 go to? I mean, we've lost two years, guys. It's almost 2022. Do you realize that? But if you were to say, God, in 2022, I give you all of me. I mean, this, Lord, this next year, I want to be closer to you. This next year, I want to be smack dab in the center of your will. If you say that and mean that, it's going to cost you. You're going to have to give up some stuff. There will always be a cost. And it will always require faith. And you're going to have to step out on a branch. You're going to have to step out and do some things in the unknown. And can I tell you, that's a little bit scary. Because I'm looking at most of you, I know, you don't like to step out. I mean, we go to a restaurant, what do you do? You order the same cotton-picking thing, right? Because, anyway. Mary decided she desired God's will most of all. Check out verse 38, Luke chapter 1. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to do... Now, we're going to all say that word out loud together because it's the key word in this verse. I am willing to do whatever he wants. May everything you said come true. Let me tell you, you know what Mary's doing? She's stepping out right here. She, she is crossing one of those continental divides in her own life. Think about that. May May everything you said come true. And the only way that's going to happen is that if I do whatever it is you ask me to do, and Lord, I am willing to do whatever you ask me to do. So what does whatever include? Everything. Mary said, I'll do whatever God wants. Does that sound a little risky? You better believe. Have you ever said that to God? Lord, whatever, whatever it is you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to say, I'm willing to do it. Can you imagine what it costs Mary to say yes? Can you imagine the cost that she paid to be the mother of Jesus Christ? Now, I could spend all morning talking about what it cost her. I'm just going to mention one thing. Probably the most important thing that it cost her, the biggest thing it cost her, was her reputation. We, we talk about doing the will of God, and we, kinda, we want it to sound, you know, cozy and good and comfortable and great. It's messy sometimes. It's hard sometimes to do the will of God. It costs Mary big time. First, it cost her her reputation. Why? Because she was a virgin. She had never had a sexual encounter with any man, including Joseph. And now she's pregnant. She was engaged to be married to Joseph. How in the world are you going to explain to everybody in your town, in Nazareth, in your community, your family? She gave up her reputation. Get this, Jesus was 30 years old before he started doing miracles to validate he was who he said he was. Can you imagine Mary saying, Lord, what's everybody going to think? 
I'm single and I'm pregnant. And this baby is God? <laughs> what, what are my parents going to think? What are my neighbors going to think? What's my fiancé going to think? She risked losing the man of her dreams. In fact, in another passage, it tells us that Joseph thought about putting her away privately, breaking off the engagement privately. She risked all of that. Wow, messy. You talk about messy. That's, that's messy. What are the chances you're going to believe Mary's story if you lived in Nazareth? Can you imagine the peep, 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 going on behind her back? Here she comes walking down the street. There's Mary. Can you believe that girl? I'm telling you, can you believe her? Can you believe what she's saying? That her baby daddy is God. Come on, let's put everything aside. That's crazy. That's crazy. This past week, I was in Nashville for a couple of meetings. I was gone all week, and and it would it'd be like this: me coming back home, and Angie saying, "Honey, you'll never guess who I had lunch with on Thursday afternoon. Guess who I ate with?" And I said, "Who?" She said, "Elvis." That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? Another sighting of Elvis. Are, are you saying you had an interaction with a UFO? I mean, that, that's just absolutely crazy to say that. But you know what? Mary is saying this baby inside of me is God's son. Who in the world is going to believe her? She gave up her reputation because nobody believed her for years. They probably said, why hasn't Joseph dumped her? What a dysfunctional family. She's pregnant, and neither of them are willing to admit it. Now, what, what is my point here? The point is this. If you get serious about God's plan for your life, if you're willing to say, God, I, I am going to do whatever it is you want me to do with my life, there are going to be people, mark it down, there are going to be people who misunderstand you, there will be people who misjudge you, and there will be people who criticize you. You're going to be different. Count on it. If you really want God's will more than anything else in your life, there are going to be some people around you who are unhappy about that and who criticize you for that. And you might be wondering, why in the world would anybody criticize me for doing God's work? Well, you think about that. Does, does the devil want you to go to Ecuador and be missionaries to people who've never heard the gospel? Absolutely not. So he's going to put people in their life who doubt them and criticize them and tell them it can't be done just like he's going to do in your life. Boy, tell me, Mary sacrificed her reputation. There's always a cost in following Jesus. But you know what? Jesus is up front about this. It was Jesus who said, hey, you want to follow me? Here's what it's going to cost you. You've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Jesus doesn't throw any curveballs. He tells it like it is. Can you imagine Mary saying, 
I'm just a teenage girl, and I am supposed to raise a perfect child? How in the world am I going to do that? James Dobson hasn't even been born yet. (laughs) Here's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. All these things that I once thought very worthwhile, now I've thrown them all away so that I can put my trust and hope in Jesus Christ alone. But Paul understood that there were costs, but he also understood that the benefits are greater than the costs. He said, all those things that I used to think were so cool and so important, so valuable to my life, they're not. They're just cheap plastic substitutes. They don't matter anymore. I've dumped all of it just so I can be in the center of God's will for my life, that I can be the person God has made me to be. So what am I willing to give up in order to be used by God? Because it's going to cost me something. No, no, what are you going to give up? What are you willing to give up to do God's will? He may ask you to give up some habits. Will you give them up? Some relationships. Some friendships. He may ask you to set aside your own dreams, your own ambitions, your own goals, your own plans, your own finances for what he has made you to be. Are you willing to do that? What kind of person does God use? God uses people who desire to do his will, who decide to pay the cost. And then finally, number three, God uses people who dare to trust his promises. They are people of faith who are willing to climb out on a limb, who who are willing to risk the impossible. And it's not that they have more courage than you do. They they just have faith in God. You you know courage doesn't mean you're not afraid. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is moving on in spite of your fears. And another word for courage is faith. Mary was a woman of faith. She didn't have all the answers, but you know what? She didn't have to have all the answers. She knew the man who did have the answers. Look at what it says in Luke chapter 1 verses 34 and following. Mary, Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. The angel replied that the Holy Spirit, he's going to come upon you and the power of God shall overshadow you. This translation says, for every promise from God shall surely come true. My favorite translation says, for nothing will be impossible with God. God can do it, man. God uses people who dare to trust his promises. And Mary dared to trust the promises of God. And so God did some miracles in her life, one right after another. You say, well, why doesn't God ever do a miracle in my life? Maybe there's a couple of reasons why. Maybe because you're afraid he will. And you're afraid of miracles. You're afraid of the supernatural. You're afraid and you say, if God does something supernatural in my life, I might lose control. You will. And you're afraid of that. It's scary. Or maybe the reason God doesn't do miracles in your life is because you just don't expect him to. 
And so you play it safe spiritually. Then you wonder why God never does anything in your life. Well, it's because you don't let him. God uses people who dare to trust him. Mary had every reason to be worried. She's going to carry the Son of God in her womb for nine months, and then she's going to raise God's Son. What a responsibility. But you know what? Mary didn't worry. She worshiped. Here's the cool thing. If you go home and read the rest of Luke chapter 1, we have Mary's song of praise, her song of worship to God. Instead of worrying, she worshiped. Instead of panicking at the unknown, she praised God. (laughs) I want to suggest that to you. When you come to situations where you think you're in over your head, ever been there? You're following God's will, but it's scary? Don't worry. Worship. Sing that last song that we sang today. Don't panic. Pray and then give praise to God. Anytime I'm afraid, anytime that that I worry and I'm afraid, it means that I have forgotten the promises of God. So claim those promises. Don't worry, worship. Jesus said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Uh, Look at me. God can do anything. Even with you. If you're willing to let him. Mary's cousin understood the third reason God chose Mary. Elizabeth said this. You believe that God would do what he said. That's why he's given you this wonderful blessing. Whatever you want, Lord. May everything you say come true. That's the kind of person God uses. Listen, church. God uses people who desire to do the will of God. God uses people who decide that they're going to pay the cost. God uses people who dare to step out on the promises of God. And let me say it like this. If God can use an uneducated, immature teenage girl, I think he can use you. So what's up with those puny excuses? that you've been throwing out to God. Danny, Danny, I've been been here 24 years now, Danny. Preached preached a lot of the Sundays that I've been here. I tried to do the math in my head first service, and I can't compute like that. 24 times 52, that's a lot of Sunday mornings that I've preached to you guys right here. Next week it's going to change. It's going to be in the big house. But every week I stand right here and I look at you guys. It's gotten a little harder to see you people in the balcony, but I can. I can see you. And every week I stand up here and I just think to myself, wow, what potential. Wow. If, if everyone in this room, if, they, if, we could, if we could just get it, and realize that God's plan is the best plan, and that God really has something he wants us to do, and then we took it outside of these four walls and let God do it in our life, what an awesome thing that would be.
But, but you see, you're sitting there thinking, oh, God could never use me. Yes, he can. If he can use Mary and he can use a kid from West Texas, Let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? I'm, I'm not stupid, okay? I'm not really ignorant, but I had a hard time in school. When, when I was a junior in high school and we were in reading class, every day I would just, I would under my breath pray to God, don't let that teacher call on me to read. Because she'd call on people to read, and I, I couldn't read. I mean, I could read, but not really good. And you're, you're probably thinking, well, you hadn't got much better. Hey, I've gotten a whole lot better, but it's not because of me. It's because of God. If God can use somebody like me to do what I'm doing right here today to a group of people like you, you ain't got no excuse. God wants to use you. So quit making excuses. Come today and give him everything. It might be scary because you know what? He might say to you, Let's go to the jungles of Ecuador. Wow. Man, scary. It's one way to look at it. The other way you could look at it and say, what a great adventure, man. Let's go. Let's go. Let me flip this around and end this service just by talking about Christmas. And kind of relate the two. Because it is Christmas right around the corner. How many of you have finished your Christmas shopping? How many of you have not even started your Christmas shopping? All right? You don't have much time. But you know what? That's what we do at Christmas. We buy gifts for other people, right? And we give gifts to other people. It ain't their birthday. I mean, whose birthday is it? It's Jesus's. So what are we giving Jesus? It's his birthday. What, what are we giving Jesus? You might say, well, he's got everything. I mean, what do you give the person who has everything? Jesus has everything. No. He doesn't have all of you until you give him all of you. So would you do that this morning? If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior... I can't think of a better Sunday to come down and be saved than today. And we'll show you how. From the Word of God, we'll show you how you can be saved. For the rest of you, let me tell you, it's not automatic. Doing God's will is not automatic. You've got to desire it, and you've got to choose it. So I'm asking all of you to come today and just lay your life out before God and say, Lord, I am willing to do whatever you want me to do. Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll say whatever you want me to say because I want to do your will more than anything else. That's what God is after. Would you give it to him? Heavenly Father, would you please do something really special in this room? I pray to God that those who need to be saved would come and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Lord, for the rest of us, whether we be in this room or watching online, may we pray that prayer. Lord, here am I. Take me, use me. Whatever you want from my life, Lord, I'm willing to do it. I want to give it. Dear Lord, help us to cross that continental divide in our own life today. 
and say yes to the will of God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Praise team's going to sing. Altars are open. And I invite you to come and give everything to Jesus. Would you? Step out right now. Come, let's pray together. Most worthy. church family. Thank you for our missionaries who've been with us today. Please, Lord, just bless them, bless their kids, bless their ministries. Lord, may all of us say yes to your will in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Be seated just for a moment, would you? I'm going to let our missionaries go ahead and, and go out to the foyer so you can meet them after the service. When you leave, make sure you drop your offering into one of those black boxes and honor God through your tithe and your giving. Thank you for all that you do. Uh, we usually have Bible study at 6.30 on Facebook Live. We've had some technical issues, and so that's not going to happen today. We, we're so sorry for that. But come back Wednesday night. It will be the last service in here Wednesday night, all right? Uh, we have uh, Tim and Christy Johnson. They are missionaries to Spain, and they're home right now on special assignment. Uh, he is the missionary in resident at Welch College. 
Uh, Christy is working at our international missions office. They have two uh, older kids that are teenage kids, uh, a boy and a girl. They're going to be back with Nathan with the teens, the kids are, and then Tim and Christy are going to be in here with us. Please, look at me, please, be here Wednesday, all right? It, it's going to be the last time you're in here. Uh, we're going to be down to one microphone, all right? Because everything else is being moved over today to the big house. So come Wednesday night and celebrate with us. And next Sunday, man, bring some friends with you, all right? Let's, let's fill the big room up next week, okay? Yeah, I'm excited. Come on, get pumped up. It's, it's only like a year and, and, and seven, eight months after we started, but that's okay. We're there. We're finally there, and uh, look forward to that with me. Hope you have a great day. We've got a lot of people in our church uh, that need just a touch from God. Karen, I love you, sister, and I'm praying for you. Billy, Billy Gibson, uh, dear God, our church, uh, they've called in hospice. Billy doesn't have long to live. In fact, after we finish today, I'm going to go... Pray with Billy and, and talk to him. Uh, a lot of our people have, uh, have sickness that they're dealing with. Uh, the Thanksgiving COVID has uh, hit many families. Be praying for them. One, one word of praise. Michael and Amra had their baby. We got a new little baby in our church, so we're excited about that. Can't wait to beat that, that new little baby. Hope you have a great day. When you leave today, stop by. Tell our missionaries you love them and that you're praying for them, okay? Okay. What, do y'all not want to leave? You want... Get out of here. Have a great day. I love you.